0: Welcome to the How to Start a Career course from Plato University, where you're going to learn the secret job search strategies of top candidates to find meaningful work, build your network, and have long-lasting career success. If you want to learn how to land your dream job in any type of market, join us at Plato.University for exclusive content and actionable exercises with every lesson. I'm your learning guide, Brandon Stover, and let's get started. All right, welcome back. In the previous lesson, we went over the entire recruiting funnel and application process that most people are going to go through. This took us from the initial application all the way to getting our final offer letter. We discussed why employers have each one of these steps in order to mitigate the risk of hiring you as an employee and some steps that you can take to prepare yourself for going through the application process with ease. Today, we're gonna talk about networking. And the reason that we're going to do that because networking is going to allow you to connect to people who may be able to help you skip the application process entirely. But before we get there, let's explain what a network is. Building and nurturing your network is one of the single most important things you can do for your career. Over 50% of new hires come through referrals, although the percentage of employees who refer others is less than 7%. A personal network is a set of human contacts known to an individual with whom that individual would expect to interact at intervals to support a given set of activities. In other words, a personal network is a group of caring, dedicated people who are committed to maintain a relationship with a person in order to support a given set of activities. Having a strong personal network requires being connected to a network of resources for mutual development and growth. So personal networks can be understood by who knows you, what you know about them, what they know about you, what you are learning together and how you work at that. Personal networks are intended to be mutually beneficial, extending the concept of teamwork beyond the immediate peer group. Now, what are the different type of networks that you may be a part of where you're going to start nurturing your contacts? Depending on your background, there will usually be one or two main networks that will give you the most leverage during your job search and will make sense to nurture throughout your lifetime. Choosing which networks these are depends on your own career drivers, industry, and where you can create meaningful connections. The first network that you may be a part of is part of an educational network. A lot of times, universities put a ton of effort into their alumni network, and these are gold mines for those who are lucky enough to be involved in them. But educational networks are not limited to the Ivy League schools. Instead, they could range from a close group of friends from high school who you keep in touch with, to online cohort programs that you've been a part of. Anywhere you've gone through a process of learning with other people. The next network you may be a part of is your professional network. This is who you've worked with in the past. Professional networks might also include vendors you've worked with or partners you've worked with in the different roles in your past companies. Groups you've been involved with. For instance, as an architect, you might have been a part of AIA and there's plenty of other industry networks that you may have been a part of at your work or meetups that you've attended in person and virtual and contacts you've made through these events. You could have also gone to professional conferences and made contacts through those as well. Next is your personal network. These can be friends, families, neighbors, or even old girlfriends and boyfriends that you may still be on good terms with. Your personal network is often your strongest. Depending on your career goals and life circumstances, your personal network may not produce a direct interaction to your next job but is often good at helping you connect through those loose ties, which we'll go over here in a moment. You also have your virtual network. These could be your different social media channels, but it may also be forums and other things that you're a part of where you're working with a community and discussing different ideas. Those people probably have jobs, and because of your shared interests, are more likely to help out if you asked. Additionally, you might be part of some civic, social, volunteer, religious, or other special interest networking group, whether that's online or off. These are all great places for you to start building up a contact list of people you'd like to keep in touch with and enter in a mutually beneficial relationship where you're helping each other over your lifetime. But why would you do this? Why would you spend time networking? Why is it the number one thing that you can do for your career? Most jobs are filled because someone in the company knew someone who would be a great fit for the job. I don't know about you, but if someone told me that most jobs are filled through networking, my next move would be to figure out how to be one of those referrals. The way to do this is through networking. This is why networking is king. The bigger your network, the higher your chances of being referred for positions that you apply for. Having a network allows you to skip the application process that we talked about in the last lesson. It dramatically reduces the amount of time that it's going to take you to get a new job. But the only way that this works is if you actually go through networking practices, building relationships between other people. You need to dig the well before you get thirsty. Now, what about weak ties or loose connections? People that you're not entirely acquainted with, but may have a connection through one of your connections. Let me explain this a little further. In social networks, you have different links or ties to other people. Strong ties are characterized as a deep affinity. For example, family, friends, or colleagues. All those different networks that we just talked about earlier. Weak ties, in contrast, might be acquaintances or a stranger with a common cultural background. The point is that the strength of these ties can substantially affect interactions, outcomes, and well-being. It makes sense that weak ties are valuable when it comes to things like landing a new job. Those you already have a strong tie with are usually within the same social or professional circles, accessing the same information as you do, whereas acquaintances, friends of friends, or the person sitting next to you at the bar are usually privy to information that you don't already have. In the book, Give and Take, Why Helping Others Drives Our Success by Adam Grant, he discusses a study that showed that 17% of people heard about a new job from a strong tie, whereas 28% of people heard about opportunities from a weak tie. Acquaintances will always know about more opportunities and be connected to more diverse crowd than your strong ties will. So don't be afraid to tap into acquaintances that you barely know, friends of friends, or maybe some strangers that only share one thing in common with you. Your job is to sort of be like a detective and get the most information about the world as you can so that you can find opportunities in places that you weren't already looking. We talked about the different networks that you might be a part of and that you can start tapping into, but who should you be connecting with in these networks? Intelligent networking means you look to form relationships with people in your profession and industry at many levels. Almost anyone in your industry or location can be useful, regardless of title or experience but the people of most interest will likely fall into these categories. Number one are people who hold job titles that are one, two, or three levels above your own, because these are the people that are most likely to have relevant jobs and be in a position to hire you now or in the future. The second group are those with the same job title as you, and ideally within your target industry and location. Number three are those with job titles below yours, and ideally within your target industry or location. And number four, those who job titles, identify them as people with whom you would interact on as a regular basis, but who have different functions and might work in different departments. So now we know the networks, we know who we should be talking to in there, and we know why it's important. How do we actually go about doing it? We're going to go into some different strategies, but some overall rules for you to start networking is one, always start with what's in it for them. (laughs) Remember that we're selfish creatures. And so if you're valuable to somebody else, it's more likely that they're going to create a connection with you. Number two, only receive something when you really need it. The more favors that you're doing for those other people and racking them up, the more likely it is when you come to them and ask a favor that they are to do it. Number three, make sure you stay top of mind. So continue connecting with them on social media, in email, or even just a quick text. Make sure you don't fall off the radar. Number four, position yourself as a trusted advisor. Remember what employers are trying to do? They're trying to solve their problems in their business. Well, guess what? Everybody else has problems as well, and they're trying to find solutions for them. One of your connections comes to you with a problem. You can take the time to listen and help suggest solutions for what their problem is. The more that you're able to do this, the more likely they're going to continue to come to you because you're going to be a person that has solutions. And later on, when you come calling with your own problem, they're going to be more than happy to return the favor. And number five, don't take more than you need. Ask the bare minimum from them when you're asking for something. And if they try and overdeliver, just take only what you need at that time. So when it comes to networking, especially with people who are more successful than you, it's all about what's in it for them. You need to be able to provide value for someone. Otherwise, they probably won't stick around for very long. In the beginning, you should try to learn everything you can about them and their goals. While they talk, listen carefully and actively think of ways to help them reach their goals. After you connect with an individual and provide value, they most likely want to do something for you in return. This is normal human behavior. Knowing this and learning to accept nothing in return is very important. What you will find is that the more successful the individual is, the more they are asked by others for favors. The fact that you took nothing in return will set you apart and it will dramatically increase your value in their eyes. When the time comes and you need something, they'll be there to listen. Now that you've provided value, it's important that you stay top of mind. You need to make sure that you stay connected, even if it's not possible to meet with them in person. You can stay connected through phone, email, social media, or handwritten letters, for example. Ideally, you want to position yourself as a trusted advisor, so they can have more of a reason to stay connected with you. At the end of the day, we are generally selfish creatures. If someone comes along that does not act selfishly, and instead is interested in providing more value than they receive, you will probably want to keep them around. This is why it's crucial that you don't take more than you need. Instead, make sure you go out of your way to provide more value than you receive. Staying on the positive side of the value equation feels good and it gives you confidence that when you need something, your network will be there to help. Now that you know the basics of networking, let's discuss some different areas and strategies that you can use to network. Let's first talk about LinkedIn. We set up a long time setting up our profile here, so we want to use it to the best of our ability. LinkedIn allows you to target specific individuals that you want to meet. When you first want to connect with somebody, do some research about the individual you're trying to connect with. Here you're trying to find some commonality between you two. Did they attend the same university? From the same hometown? Have the same interests? You get the point. Finding common ground with these people will increase your chances of them replying. After you've done your research, Start engaging with these people on LinkedIn. Before sending them a message, engage with them by liking and commenting on their posts. After a week or so of doing this, then send a message. And this message needs to be carefully crafted. You want to make sure it's personalized and talks about things you have in common. You also want to make sure the message is short and to the point as possible. This is important because people receive multiple messages a day, so you want to make sure yours stands out. Now, you can use the same process on any of the other social platforms as well. For example, if you're trying to connect with somebody on Twitter, you can follow through their Twitter threads for a couple weeks, maybe even tagging them or reposting what they have to get on their radar before messaging them. Particularly, you're looking for bridge people, meaning they're a person that knows you and they also know somebody in the target company that you want to work for. And thus, they bridge the gap between you and a job in that company. And here's how you can go about identifying bridge people. LinkedIn is going to be your friend here. Each employer you want to pursue should have a company profile page. When you go to that page, LinkedIn will identify people in your network who work for the company you are targeting. You can then sort that list by the titles of their employees there, as well as people who share other commonalities with you, such as LinkedIn groups, former employers, schools, or even previous places you've lived. You can also go to schools profile pages like colleges and universities and look at the alumni network in there to see who may be working at the company that you're targeting. Once you've identified these bridge people, you could connect with them on LinkedIn, sending a personalized note in that connection, or oftentimes find their email, which may be listed directly on their LinkedIn profile, or by searching their name on Google or the company website. Either way, these are people that you're definitely going to want to connect with so that they can bridge the gap between you and that employer, and possibly give you an in. Now let's talk about how you network with these people in order to get referrals. If you already know someone in the industry that you wanna work with who can hire people, then ask for a meeting to discuss opportunities in the industry. This is close to going directly to an interview, skipping all the screening steps. Remember, there doesn't need to be an open position. Employers will often create positions for good people. If the person you want to reach out to you know less well, ask for a meeting to find out more about jobs in the industry. An informational interview, if you will. If it goes well, ask them to introduce you to people who may be able to hire you, which is effectively getting a referral from this person. Do not ask them for a job if you promised it was an informational interview. When asking for more introductions, make sure you use the positioning statement that we created before and a specific description of the types of opportunities you'd like to find. A good example is something like an entry-level marketing position at a technology startup in education. Be clear and specific to make it easier for people to come up with ideas. If you don't make any connections using the ways above, turn to the connections of your connections. If you have a good friend who knows someone who's able to hire you, then you could directly ask that friend for a referral. The ideal is to ask somebody who's actually seen your work before, maybe an old boss or a colleague, and have them give you a referral. If your connection is not able to refer you, then ask them to introduce you to people in the industry who are able to hire and try out an informational interview with them. To find out who your connections know, use LinkedIn. For example, say you wanna work at Airbnb. Go to LinkedIn and search Airbnb. It'll show a list of your contacts who work at Airbnb followed by connections of connections who work at Airbnb. Pick the person with the most mutual connections and get in touch. Remember, if you have 200 LinkedIn connections and each of them has 200 LinkedIn connections that don't overlap with the others, then you can reach at least 10,000 people using these methods. Now a little hack that you can do with one of these connections is to bring your portfolio or your resume and just ask them for feedback on it. If they think your resume or portfolio is really good, They may just go ahead and send it off to that hiring manager and put in a good word for you as a referral. Doing this skips the entire application process and gets it directly in front of the person that can hire you. So rather than be the 250 applicants that are sitting in the applicant tracking system, you're going to be the one person that got a referral from somebody that they know sitting in their email inbox. And what's going to be more important to that hiring manager, the applicant tracking system or their email inbox? Now, as you start connecting with people and they give you referrals or help you with favors or even just meeting you for a cup of coffee, you're going to want to send them thank you notes and do this as soon as possible after meeting them or getting the favor. Send the note to anyone who helps or talks with you. That means friends, people at the organization in question, temp agencies, receptionists, librarians, workers, whoever has helped you in this job search process. Ask them when face to face with them for their business card if they have one or ask them to write their name and work address on a piece of paper for you. And thank you notes must be prompt. At the very least, email the thank you note that same night or the next day. To go the extra mile, follow it with a lovely copy handwritten or printed, nicely formatted and sent through the mail note. And this doesn't need to be a long drawn out multiple paragraph note. It can be just two or three sentences. Something like, I wanted to thank you for talking with me yesterday. It was very helpful. I much appreciated your taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this. Best wishes to you. Of course, if you have any additional thoughts or personalized information, you can add that as well. And when you're done, remember to sign it. Now there's entire courses and other learning resources that give in-depth information about how to network best. They all have different strategies and templates that you can use. I'll leave some links to some resources for you to do things like in-person networking and so on and so forth. But really, we want to make this a daily habit, something that we're continuing to do every single day. Towards the beginning of this course, I introduced one of Jordan Harbinger's exercises from his six-minute networking course. And this was the Connect Four. Reaching out to four people who are old contacts of yours that you haven't talked to in a long time, And just seeing what they're up to, what kind of problems they have going on, and maybe how you could help. The idea here is, is you go to your email or your text messages and look for the four people in your contacts that you haven't talked to in a really long time. And just send them a simple message. And you're doing this for 10 to 15 minutes every single day. Remember earlier we said we want to be top of mind. So this is going to have us just periodically checking in with other people, seeing what value we can add to their life another part of this daily habit is we can engage with these specific people on social media and i don't mean just liking their photo but leaving a thoughtful comment on some of the content that they've created And you don't need to do this with everybody just a few key people who are the context you want to keep in touch with it's always nice to know that your work is appreciated by your friends and the last strategy that jordan harbinger mentions in his course is the idea to always be giving And this can often be done by the double opt-in introduction. As you start garnering a lot of contacts and you're spending the time to hear about their goals and the problems that they're having, you're going to end up with different people in your network who may be great to connect with one another so they can collaborate or solve each other's problems. So when you're the person that connects two people who can help each other grow, you become immensely more valuable. So for example, Let's say you just met a new person, his name is Bob, and Bob needs to design a new website. Well, a week ago, you just met a really awesome web designer, Shakira, who could help Bob out with his website. So what you do is you ask Bob, hey, I know this web designer that I met last week who I think could help you. Would you like me to introduce you? Of course, Bob is going to say yes. Then you go to Shakira and you say, hey, Shakira, I just met this new person, Bob. He works in X industry and he needs some help with his website. Would you mind if I introduced you to Bob? And Shakira is probably going to be like, yeah, I would love a new client. So then in email, you introduce Bob and Shakira. You tell them the reason that you're introducing them. Bob, Shakira can help you with websites. Shakira, Bob is looking for help with his website. And you let them go from there. Then those two are probably going to go off and work together. And when Bob ends up with an awesome new website and paid Shakira some money, they're both going to really thank you because you're the one that introduced them but this really took no extra effort on your part besides sending out a few emails, but the value to them was immense. So this is a really easy way to start leveraging the network that you're creating and providing value to other people. So that was quite a bit today. And in the resources, I'm going to have some templates for you that you can use to start networking online for your activity. I want you to do your connect four and talk to four old contacts that you haven't talked to in a long time. And then I also want you to start engaging on social media, reaching out to people in the companies that you want to work for. Connect with them on LinkedIn. Do some of the strategies that we spoke about today. Use the 10-5-1 method that we described in a previous lesson. You have 10 companies in your plan A for your career plan. Contact five people in each of those 10 companies. And with those five people, try and have at least one conversation with that person, gaining some information and trying to get a referral from them. So remember that's 10 companies, contacting five people at each one of those companies and having at least one conversation per company. Thank you for taking the How to Start a Career course. To get everything you need for your job search, including advanced resources, personal coaching, and a community of passionate learners, then visit Plato.university slash courses slash career and join us for free. Again, that's Plato.university slash courses slash career.